How is one of Inductive Automation's top performing integrators providing unique solutions to a variety of industries worldwide, including a unique pharmaceutical project in Denmark? On today's episode, we discuss the integrator's global ignition rollout in 28 countries, getting engineers certified, and delivering the best value possible for the customer. Welcome to Inductive Conversations. Welcome everyone to Inductive Conversations. My name is Joanna Cortez. I'm the video content producer here at Inductive Automation. I'm excited to host this episode and excited to have Rob Vallant from ATS Global with us today. Rob, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And then go ahead and give us a little introduction to ATS Global. Yeah, thank you. So ATS Global is an independent solution provider for smart digital transformation. We provide services in consulting projects, fixed price projects, for instance, uh, support services like 24-7 support. We provide products, we do software development and training, and specifically focused on manufacturing. So the customers are in the manufacturing space. And then uh, in sectors like aerospace, automotive, pharmaceutical, very hot at the moment, obviously, in COVID times, and uh, food and beverage. An important part is that we are independent of a brand. So we basically get asked by our customers to provide services or deliver products based on their needs. So what, what it helps solving them. Normally, it's a problem where they approach us for, for instance, data collection. Uh, and they want to know our experience on that, how to get that data into their ERP systems, for instance. And as we can select from solutions and not really based on, on the brand, we are free to choose. Obviously, the customer chooses. Uh, the independence uh, means also that you get a lot of requests for the market leaders, their products and solutions. Uh, and obviously, we have our favorites like uh, Ignition, but we don't have to offer that. But normally, we get asked to do for it. And as we are a global company, so we're, we're Dutch by, by origin. We are in the 28 countries at the moment. We just added France and Europe to the countries that we can deliver our services for. And for a lot of global customers of ours, it's very easy for them that they can work with ATS in all the countries where they have the subsidiaries or the manufacturing plants, which is getting increasingly more important for customers because they want to work with the same company, but need local support, for instance, in all the country, countries that they, are, uh, that they are based in. And what is your role at ATS, Rob? I'm the manager director for uh, the Benelux area, for, so for Netherlands, Belgium, and, uh, and Luxembourg. And I'm the partner manager between ATS and Inductive Automation. So if there is a global project in place, or if there are any new developments or problems that could be arising within projects, I help my uh, global colleagues out from, let's say, a central position. For the listeners, I just wanted to mention real quick that ATS Global was rated one of our top three top performing integrators in 2019 and then again in 2020. So I just wanted to take a second and say congratulations on providing customers with the amazing solutions that you guys do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's an honor. We strive to be number one, obviously. But yeah, it has been challenging times, especially in, in COVID times. It was very difficult to do uh, local business in, in the sense that you could not visit the customers anymore. Uh, you were not allowed. It wasn't wise. And it was, well, basically all around the world, but, but different in different countries. So we, we had to shift uh, from physical presence at customer size to really do this as much as possible online, also on demand of the customers. But it wasn't easy. Oh, I believe it. 
So now we're going to be discussing a major project of yours for a pharma customer in Denmark that not only had a really tight deadline, but does tie into the pandemic as well. But before we get into that, I'd like to ask a much larger question about this huge reach that ATS Global has. ATS is providing automation products and services to users worldwide in a variety of industries. Can you tell the audience a little more about what it's like to be an independent solution provider for these global accounts? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's challenging because as you are independent, they ask you everything. Every possible problem you can imagine uh, occurs at, at manufacturing sites, sites all around the globe. For instance, as an example, a normal production plant has all kinds of branded solutions, software, networks in place that are doing the actual manufacturing. Yeah, and, and one of the basic question could be, okay, we have this system, so it's very old dated. This system is very new. Uh, we need data from both. Can you find a solution in doing so? And as we have our specialists all around the world uh, and also in, uh, in expert teams, we can utilize that uh, knowledge to find the best solution for, the, for their problem. So ATS Worldwide is about 1,200 people working uh, for the customers. So there's always somebody that has experience with product X, Y, Z, and so on. But it's challenging, but you have countries, you have cultures, you have languages. We have so many languages, you can imagine, with 28 countries. And bringing that all together is very exciting, but also a nice challenge to do. In my previous life, I traveled a lot for uh, companies and doing uh, commissioning uh, jobs, for instance, in all kinds of countries. And I don't do that anymore, obviously, but I'm still involved with all these uh, international projects, which is great. Speaking of challenges, we are relatively early into the year uh, at the time of this recording. It's late in March. But what are some of the biggest challenges ATS is seeing and tackling in 2021? Or what are things that you predict are going to be big challenges in 2021? Yeah, so the challenges that we faced in 2020, uh, switching over to completely doing things online, will continue in 2021. I think that the market is, is great. So if you look at from an automation perspective, there is a lot to do. A lot of companies are investing. Uh, you see that the food and beverage uh, companies, the pharmaceutical companies, uh, they, they have Christmas-like sales because of the COVID. So for them, it's, uh, it's very uh, difficult to keep track and also to keep the production at a very extreme high level, which they normally only have in bursts, like uh, around Christmas time, for instance, where on the other hand, uh, there are, for instance, food and beverage companies that deliver specifically only for bars and restaurants and things like that. And they are facing very, very hard times in doing doing the business they do. So they had to switch over to different markets. Uh, aerospace is a different matter. Uh, uh, aerospace is very difficult. We are heavily involved with uh, quality management uh, for the production of uh, turbine engines for planes. Yeah, why would you buy a new plane at the moment? Because all these planes are parked at the airport. They're not doing anything. So you don't need uh, engines for those, uh, for those planes. But when they have to be used again, they've been parked for a long time. So that will give them challenges to you know, make them operational again. I think for the, for the aerospace, for the long term, we won't be seeing the numbers, uh, let's say, in, uh, in flights uh, in 2021 that we had, let's say, before COVID time. I believe that will take several years to uh, recover from, from that. In the, the other spaces, uh, with the vaccine vaccination programs uh, in place, we expect that around the summer holidays, that's in July, we will be back to a more or less a new normal again, where we enjoy more freedom. We can visit the actual places again, the, the, the customers again, go on holiday 
hopefully. And by the end of the year, so let's say from August, September, a peak in, in the economy when everything will returns to normal and we can do everything that we used to. But that will put a high demand on manufacturers again, but at a different level. Uh, a lot of manufacturers are investing heavily in uh, smart automation, doing things smarter uh, in data collection, making it visible, reporting. But you see, there are companies that have a lot of time in doing things, but have no budget because of Corona times. And you see a lot of companies that are overly busy, have the funds to invest in digital automation, but do not have the time to do it because it will influence the current production. So for 2021, it's a, it's a mixed model, I would say, between a, let's say, a half year, which is pretty normal, if you can still speak about normal, but uh, normal compared to before COVID times and, and in COVID times. So, but sales-wise, we expect a good year. Creating templates, so a start template to copy over and over again is getting more common, especially for the global companies. That means that uh, you do not develop an application or a solution just for one plant, but you do this, let's say, for 10 or 20 plants. That means that you have to put a lot more effort into the first, in the generation of the first template. But that means that the template is then can be used over and over again. So the time you spend in developing is recurred in the next project. So you, you don't need a lot more time to make local adaptions. You don't need to redevelop everything. And that really helps the companies to setting standards. So we have a number of uh, what our customers call uh, one SCADA projects. That means that they have production machine, manufacturing machines with all kinds of brands of HMI, HMIs and, uh, and SCADA systems on it. And they want to replace them with just one brand. And that's where Ignition is uh, frequently, well, I would say for the, for, the, for the one SCADA projects that we could ask for, they only ask for Ignition, as they see it as a very a multiple, flexible platform that can communicate with everything that's on the manufacturing floor and take out all these other systems and go for one brand. And the main reason for that is the licensing model, uh, reducing the complexity because all these brands have their different uh, licensing models, which is overly complicated for most of, us, uh, most of our customers. And they want to, well, basically get rid of it to make it simpler, reduce the complexity. Their manufacturing is complex enough. They don't need more, more complexity. Uh, but that's when these templates come in place. So that's, for instance, if you are in one plant or the other plant or the other plant, it always looks the same. The POC, the controls layer, can be completely different. Yeah. So And we see a dramatic increase in those requests from local, but also for very, very large global uh, global companies, which I cannot use the name of. <laughs> no, I completely understand. That is, that is a very normal thing in this industry. No one is going to be listening to this podcast like, why won't he say the name of the company? It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I would like to, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, but it is difficult because we are very proud to work for those companies. Uh, and these are names that everybody will, would recognize, but we can't mention them. But we are very proud to work for them because yeah, we work on the core of their system. So secrecy is, is key. Yeah, So we have NDAs in place. So marketing doesn't like it, but we like it because they, these are very good and challenging customers. I am in marketing and the struggle is real. <laughs> Yeah, they want to put it on the website. They can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've mentioned these projects with Ignition, and ATS has been a really big advocate for Ignition, one of the reasons why you're one of our top integrators. So ATS has this step-by-step -step global rollout of Ignition in, I think you said, 28 countries now. Is that correct? Yes. It's amazing. 
Can you tell the listeners more about this Ignition rollout initiative? Yeah, so we when we started with Ignition, that was, I think, eight, nine, maybe 10 years ago. We started in the Netherlands uh, using it. Uh, we got very enthusiastic about it, first because of the product, uh, the quality, the, the licensing, and also the support. So we were, we have to say, flabbergasted in the support we got uh, on the different projects that we were working on. Obviously, in the beginning, you need a lot more support from uh, from the technical teams. And they're so willing to work with us, although uh, the time differences between California and, uh, and the Netherlands is, is not that convenient. But it helped a lot because when we had an issue, uh, Inductive Automation started working on it. We saw that when we were leaving the office and when we came in the office in the morning again, it was fixed. So that really helped. And step by step, through uh, talking to the division managers all over the world, they got enthusiastic about it. And step by step, all these countries are starting to use it. Uh, most of these countries where we are based are using Ignition as a solution. And we are striving to have about 50% of our engineers at least to be certified, uh, so Ignition Core certified. We do that because you well you basically have the quality stamp of inductive automation that our engineers are know uh, do know what they are talking about and we can put them very easily into our projects and with the use of the inductive university it's very easy to train our international people on ignition and we are also a inductive certified training center so we can also provide those trainings uh, physically to our customers and that really helped increasing the knowledge within the company because normally the resources are uh, in the wrong country for instance if you work on a project and so now it's so easy to use those uh, resources because they already have the knowledge by internet they can do a lot of work for us local implementation obviously but you can uh, offshore this uh, to other countries where they have the resources to do it and uh, it depends on the countries and it really helped also in covid times because we had teams without work that could work on projects in other countries so and that increased the enthusiasm for uh, enthusiasm for ignition and yeah it amplified because of that well hey thanks for the shout out on the university yeah it's great it is and, and it's provided for free so a lot of manufacturers um, a lot of software providers can learn from that it's huge it was a great impact when it was uh, introduced Quality is high. The examinations are, are tough to do, yeah, uh, which is good. It shouldn't be easy. So the, the, the quality level is, uh, is, is high and it's really helpful. Yeah? And, uh, and we are, in a, as I said, a, a training provider as well. But our engineers are predominantly trained on the, on the university because it's so, yeah, the quality is so high. Rob, you beat me to my next question because I was going to ask about the fact that you do have, I believe, the most certified engineers worldwide. You spoke about the benefits, but I was wondering if you wanted to share what the process looks like for getting all of these engineers trained and certified in Ignition. Yeah, so the process is basically normally the engineers we have worldwide have some kind of SCADA background, SCADA PLC background, and, and obviously they need visible talent because we have to build these, uh, these pretty uh, informative screens for our customers. Uh, one of our customers called this uh, 21st century uh, screens, because they were used from other manufacturers that they're pretty dull and, and overly crowded and lots of colors. Uh, so engineers need a, a graphical sense, uh, a graphical ability to develop these very nice screens and with perspective. So uh, also an HTML5 gives a lot more possibilities in doing so. And, and normally they have these experiences when they join the co company and then we uh, almost immediately expose them to the inductive automation uh, university 
and step by step they go through it. And they don't have to finish this immediately. They can do this in between projects. And that is really helpful for us because when engineers are in between projects, for instance, for a week, because the other project is not starting yet, they can go back to the university, do a number of uh, training courses, they look the videos, they, they answer the questions and do the next one. So over a year in between projects, you, you can get every engineer certified. And that is really, really helpful. It is helpful. And it's really great that they can learn at their own pace. So now let's get into the Denmark project. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we can't say them by name, but please tell us what you can about the company and what problems they came to you guys with. So we got approached, I think it was the summer, so July, June, July last year, 2020, by uh, this Danish uh, pharmaceutical company, more or less in a, a, well, a very difficult state of a project. And they asked us to, to help us out. So they physically called us. They said, well, you are one of the uh, premier integrators in the world. We need expert help in uh, in doing so. Can you can you please 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 help us? Because we promised to senior management that we would have a pilot project uh, in place to prove that the one scale up this is also a one scale project is is uh, feasible, is possible, and also cost effective. We need to finish this by the end of July, August. Well, if you ask this in the, in the middle of the um, summer holidays, it is difficult. But Corona already had an effect, so um, it was a lot more difficult to go on holiday. So uh, we had resources available and we quickly set up online meetings with the technical teams, the sales team, the procurement department. And we did everything online because we were not allowed to travel. We couldn't enter Denmark. Normally with the pharmaceutical companies, well, you need at least three visits to, to, to get anything going because it's so highly regulated. In this case, there wasn't another way in doing so. So we did this online. It was our first complete online Corona time order. So without any visits. Later, we have visited because the, uh, in between, well, the, the waves of the coronavirus, it was possible to visit them and to, to work uh, locally. So what they wanted to do, their challenge was they wanted to develop that one skater themselves with our help. So they needed to have the architecture in place that didn't want to, to make the, the wrong decisions in the beginning, because when you are also developing those templates that we talked about, if you make a decision, uh, a wrong decision in your template, it has an effect later on your other projects. So you want to do this very, very uh, thoroughly. And we normally use inductive automation as a second quality check. So if we, if we design together with our customer on a specific template and a specific architecture, we ask inductive automation with these challenging projects to have a look if we took the right, the, the right decisions, the, the, the right assumptions, and so on. That worked uh, fine. So from a very small project, it grew into a larger project. So we met, we met the deadline together with the customer for uh, presenting to their management. So that worked great. And then subsequently from that, it became a bit, bigger project. I think it's important to say that the pilot project was not actually used in a manufacturing plant. It was just a pilot project. So you did not have to follow these very strict pharmaceutical rules, uh, like, like a GAMP, good uh, automation manufacturing practice, for instance. Uh, so we could do this very relatively quickly. Now the project is fully according to the pharmaceutical uh, regulations uh, and audited and, and so on and so on. So it basically increased from that. Uh, it proved that it could do what it uh, what it uh, should do, so replace the other SCADA systems, and that's now an ongoing project, uh, step by step. 
and we just receive uh, receive the order or we're going to receive the order to uh, work with them till the end of the year, helping their teams out to de- develop this uh, this further. We're pretty proud of it. Again, we cannot name the uh, the customer. We're very honored that the customer approached us uh, and asked us to help them to help them out. It was an honor to doing so. Uh, challenging, but yeah, these are the projects we love to do. We, we love to do projects where a customer says, uh, this is probably not something you can do, right? And then uh, that's our secret button. Yeah, if they push this button, then then yeah, this is this is what we want to do. And again, with Ignition, normally you can. Maybe also interesting to say, we also extended it now also with the uh, with the MQTT. So we have some, they have some MQTT hardware and software, which is now also included into the project, which opens up a wealth of different um, data points that they can use that were normally out of reach. Yeah? So normally only within their industrial automation projects or from a PLC, but with MQTT, it's so easy to integrate all kinds of sensors that you need the data from and collect the information from it. Uh, that's also uh, added to the to project. It's really great that you were able to get the pilot project together so fast and that it was enough to you know get them excited. I love those wow moment stories where customers, like you said, say, oh, I don't think that's possible. And then you show them your solution and they go, oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's that's also with, with smart manufacturing and, and industry 4.0 uh, discussion is what used to be very complicated and very expensive is now readily available. There are systems, software, sensors in place that can do this for you, uh, which let's say five, 10 years ago were pretty expensive to do. You had to invest into it with an well, uncertain outcome. It's now available. So the, the only thing which is difficult is to make the correct choices, to find the right solutions, but also partner in doing the work, which is not easy for, a custo- for the customers, right? So who do you go to for this kind of uh, projects? And these are locally and globally. And we work for very small companies and, and also for the multinationals. So they all have their uh, challenges, obviously. Yeah, but, but yeah, we love to do what we love to do. <laughs> we love to do our work. <laughs> so since this is an ongoing project, is there anything you're allowed to tell us as far as what the future plans are for this customer? Yeah, on this customer, this is still a local project. The next spin-off uh, would be that we globalize this, is that we are going to other locations where they uh, manufacture. Uh, for now, it's still in Denmark. But it is, the, the whole meaning is that it is going to grow to all their locations. I don't know by the back of my mind uh, how many locations they have, uh, but uh, pretty substantial. So they put, also put effort into uh, developing uh, the template uh, to do this also uh, internationally, uh, which, is, which is good for us because we can support them then locally again. And we had some difficulty in the beginning of the project where the senior management were not that convinced yet that Ignition uh, from Inductive Automation would be the right solution because it was unfamiliar to them, the, the brand name, yeah, where they can uh, easily name uh, the bigger German, German companies like that. They didn't know the name, so they were a bit reluctant uh, if this would be the right solution to, into the future. And then my problem comes in because um, they ask for references, which you can give, but you can't contact them, you can't visit them, uh, they, they, they are competitors, they are maybe not competitors, but brands where you have NDAs in place, and they wanted to contact those companies, so uh, we couldn't, yeah, it, it was simply not possible, but we also said, but 
turn your conversation the other way around. Suppose that I have a pharmaceutical company in the Netherlands that wants to call you and they manufacture more or less the same product. You're not going to talk to them. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, it makes it difficult. But, but still, uh, they found the confidence in, uh, in doing so. We gave, them, we gave them some examples on how local and, and larger projects would work, but central project management from a global perspective, local implementation, local support, 24-7 support, and so on, because you, have, you need that locally. You need to go to the plant if there is really something going, uh, going wrong. And from that, they, they distilled, okay, these, these guys, apparently, they know what they're talking about. They're heavily backed up by inductive. Don Pearson had uh, had uh, your strategy officer, senior strategy officer, also had a, a say in it. So from that, they built the confidence. Okay, this is the way forward. Uh, there's no no harm in or no risk in, in choosing this solution and uh, and this and this integrator. But it was challenging, yeah, but also because you can't visit. And normally, you can build a lot of trust when you locally visit a, a customer and have a in in person conversations, which we couldn't do. When I joined the company 23 years ago, I told uh, one of the owners, who's still one of the owners, I said, well, I bore easily. As he said, well, no chance of that at ITS. And he wasn't lying. I haven't been bored for just one day. No way. It's always changing the sectors, the technology, the partners. There's always something to learn from. We just added a company, or we acquired a company that which is specialized in data centers. So using the data from uh, which is available in data centers and based on the, the power consumption of the servers uh, invoicing the, the customers. That software is in a lot of uh, data centers in EMEA, but also growing globally. And these data centers are also where Ignition plays a very big role. Uh, we can't name, obviously, the data center names and for who we do this for. But these data centers are also uh, starting to become somewhat standardized on Ignition, which is an interesting fact but also based on our own experience, flexibility, uh, non-complex, easy to do, enormous amount of data, where other uh, scaling systems still struggle and have very expensive uh, licensing models. And, and, and it's very popular with students also. And students, you know, want to do everything themselves. If you take Ignition and, you, and if you uh, download the, um, what is it, the Maker Edition, which you can use at home for non-commercial developments, and that did a lot also for our engineers. So there are engineers that, that, that run their mobile trains, their small model trains with it. And so one that has his home automation system controlled with it. And that really helps. Yeah. And that's also something that the competitors are not doing. Again, interesting. You know, it's interesting that you bring up Maker uh, because for anyone listening who's interested, we are going to be having an Ignition Community Live episode in May where we're going to have guests come on and they're going to talk about and share all of these really cool projects that they've been doing for home automation, for school projects and so on. It's uh, it's really neat. It's getting a lot of attention and people are having fun with it. Yeah, I'm talking to a, a large training facility in the Netherlands where they train people for specifically for maintenance, building automation systems, hydraulics, pneumatics, and automation with PLCs and so on. But that's really focused on the now, how the situation is now, and they want to build a room where they can show the future. So we're talking about putting ignition in there to show, uh, well, let's say mobile screens. So the engineers could log in on their mobile phones. They, They have their smartphones, so they can log into the system and just see what the machine status is, for instance. That is also a now. It's not really 
yeah, it is modern, but it's not the future in 10 years because you can't show that. But yeah, we get those uh, requests as well. And, uh, and interactive automation is very nice licensing models for, uh, for training purposes and also within these schools. And that's really helpful also for the future because they train the people that have to do the work in the foreseeable future. Indeed. So as we get close to wrapping up here, I wanted to ask, what are some of the biggest lessons or takeaways that you've learned from these experiences that we've been discussing, you know, from the pandemic and working remotely to this Pharma Denmark project, the tight deadlines, getting the higher ups on board with Ignition, anything like that, that integrators and engineers listening today can gain from your experience? Yeah, we've all learned, I think, that we as a company, we had our engineers working from home locations, office locations, customer locations anyway, also before the COVID crisis. So for us, the COVID itself, uh, technically uh, switching over was not an issue. Everybody had laptops and things like that. So it was easy enough to do. The biggest change was on the customer side, where the customers, pretty traditional, uh, specifically in uh, manufacturing, if the engineer is not here, there's not any work done. They found out very quickly that you have to do the work. If you can do this online, it can be very efficient and very effective if you have the communication in place. So if you have an engineer working on, an, on a project also internally, which we already learned earlier, and there is no handover to colleagues uh, quality-wise and things like that, it could be that engineers takes decisions into the development, which he regrets later because there was no communication. So you need to set up your, your project management differently. You need to have more frequent contact. You also need to have invest into the health of your employees because there are, we have a lot of young people without uh, a relationship yet that live by themselves without any contact to anybody else. So, so you get pretty lonely when you're alone. You can do a lot of work, but you need something outside of your work. So we're helping out with virtual coffee, coffee meetings and things like that. But the customers make the biggest change. They learned that this online thing can be very effective for them. You can have meetings back to back, which is, is, uh, has become very normal. Uh, you don't have to reserve a meeting room. Coffee is not needed. <laughs> uh, so it can be very effective very quickly. Obviously, uh, a signature under purchase order is easier to get when you are in a one-on-one uh, -on -one situation at the customer side. But I think we proved, and also with other customers, you can do this online. It's getting more and more common to have your, your cameras on switched on anyway, yeah, so that you can see, see each other. Uh, and it also helped on the customer side because, well, if you are, one example was there was a maintenance manager that had to work from home. Yeah, he was in quarantine. He had to work from home. So he needed to fix all kinds of things on his, uh, and doing maintenance on his PLCs, HMI units. And he found out that he only had 50% access to his industrial network and the other 50% are closed, were closed for him. So he couldn't fix the issues locally, which heavily impacted the, the, uh, the production. So he, he, gave, he gave us a call and said, uh, how, can we, how can we fix this? So we set up a small project to make the data collection and also connection to his uh, industrial network possible, obviously with cybersecurity in place and so on. And then... Yeah, the world opened up for him again, so he could do his work from his own location. So his quarantine wasn't a problem anymore. And he also said something very interesting. I said, well, Rob, finally, I find time to think. Yeah, I have a little less email, uh, no people at my desk, nobody from production bothering me. I have time to think about the future and how I should set up these systems and how I, have to how I can take the, the future into account. 
And what we learned is that you, you should not, as an integrator, you should focus on adding value to the product of the customer, not focus on just hourly rates. Focus on adding value, deliver the project, hope for the next, next project. Don't do the trick that some integrators do, going for the changes to earn more money. Don't do that. Fix on, the, on uh, adding value and then do the next project and the next project and next project. Then you make the hours, but over all these projects that constantly deliver value to your customer. That's what the customer is doing it for. And also, don't always do what the customer asks for. So if, if the customer asks for something, ask why, 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 why? Yeah, to help your customer make the right decision. And we had some examples of that, is that the customer wanted to use standard screens that were delivered with a different brand product. And we know that the operators don't like those screens. They don't want to work with it. And your operators are your most critical users. They have to put the information in. They have to use the data. They have to click the virtual buttons. They don't like it. And we said, well, yes, this is what you want to use. Yes, this is most cost effective, but you will have a lot of problems with your operators and, and people that have to use those systems. We know this for customer X, customer Y, customer Z. Yes, it is in our, own, in our own benefit that we have to develop some screens for you, but it will solve a lot of issues within those projects. And, and most of the customers love, love it that we don't immediately do what they ask for, but that we ask the questions, why do you want to achieve? And so we want a one skater system. Okay, why? Why do you want this? Well, we have all these different systems. Cost of ownership of all these licensing models is very difficult. We want to reduce complexity. Ah, okay. This is something we can work for. It sounds like really good advice, you know, asking a million questions and getting to the root of what's really going on for the customer. And like you said, bringing the most valuable solution to them and not just going, oh, well, here's what you asked for. I did it. Yeah. And also you can deliver exactly what he, he asked for, but he's, then he's, he's still not happy because you delivered something and he expected more from you. It's, yeah, I want a green car, but you know that what is green? Yeah. Or I, I want a shot glass. Yeah, I want to manufacture a shot glass uh, to drink shots. What's a shot glass? Is it is it is it clear? Is it clear glass? Is it is it, does it have a color? What what? How many centiliters are going in there? All these questions we believe you have to ask for, and you will be a trusted partner for your customer. So being a partner uh, is really helpful for the long term. We have been very stable as a company uh, because we have yeah, loyal customers in a challenging world, right? Absolutely. So Rob, as a final question here, I'm just going to ask, what are the next steps for ATS Global? Well, continuous development in uh, new technologies, uh, obviously. The certification of our engineers is an ongoing program that, that's done step by step. And yeah, investing into relationships with our, with our partners. And uh, in the Netherlands, for instance, we have uh, a couple of different di divisions that we are now merging together to even give an even better answer to our customers because we have... PLM knowledge, uh, MESMOM knowledge, POC, SCADA, but also uh, virtualization and, uh, and packaging, for instance, and cybersecurity. So we bring all these, these together to uh, to give a better, even a better answer to our customers. Uh, and that's uh, an ongoing program that will be completed by, uh, well, let's say uh, summer holidays. Uh, that's the current uh, deadline. Uh, and it's all in the benefit from, for our customers. So, well, cybersecurity, yeah, you need everywhere, right? And, and it's in the beginning, I would say. So 
if you look at uh, systems that are exposed to the internet, uh, you have some tools that you can search for it, which is scary. What you can find an amount of PLCs and SCADA systems connected to the internet is increasing exponentially, I would say, with all the, the attached cybersecurity issues. To, I found a customer that had this uh, blue robot exposed to the internet. So they took it off the, off the internet. It was connected to the internet for uh, services uh, purposes. So, uh, and it was still in this warranty period. So it was for the, to the supplier, very easy uh, to work with it to solve issues, but there was an open port, which you cannot do anymore in, uh, in these, uh, these times. You're sometimes protected because these industrial systems are very complicated to get into. So an average, average hacker is not really going to do that, but it will be, uh, yeah, increasingly focus point for manufacturers to also look into cybersecurity more and more. That's excellent. Well, I know everyone here at Inductive is looking forward to what you guys do in the future. And Rob, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to me, to share some tips and stories with our community. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been great to talk to. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I really like this this podcast uh, set up. It's a one-on-one uh, discussion, like we are at drinking a coffee. And uh, I really like listening to podcasts. So thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I'm listening to podcasts you know, where I can learn something. And normally you do this while traveling. I don't travel a lot anymore because of the, the COVID situation, obviously. But great on, to learn stuff from everybody else. So don't, you don't have to invent everything yourself. So it's very, very nice. But thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, anytime. Hey, listeners, this is a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast if you're enjoying the conversations. Also, if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, or if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, then please send your inquiries to podcast at inductiveautomation.com.